welcome to today's episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start supporting and balancing your hormones. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your way to better understanding your hormone health and how it affects your everyday life. Hey guys, can you just even believe that it's January? Because I can't. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I feel like 2020 went by so fast and I know it was a really hard year for a lot of people, but I personally will say I really did enjoy 2020. Um, I think it also gave a lot of blessings in disguise. But, um, I still can't believe that it's 2021. I can't believe that I just, yeah, I'm still in shock about it. And, you know, those new resolutions and everything has to, you know, start being put into effect. And I think sometimes we glorify the new year, you know, we're like, oh, it's a new year. It's a new start. And you know what? Every hour is a new start, you guys. But I wanted to come on here and talk about cervical mucus. (laughs) I know that you probably shuddered a little bit inside, but I want to talk about vaginal health and cervical mucus because I think that it can tell you so much about your body and it's not talked enough. It's not talked about enough, okay? Now, why do I say that? Because I will have clients uh, join the Hormone Reset or my one-on-one clients and we'll start talking about cervical mucus and they have no idea what cervical mucus is. They literally thought that they were having a yeast infection once a month. They were just like, yeah, I just always have yeast infections. And we talk about it. I'm like, okay, that's not a yeast infection. That's just your cervical mucus. That's healthy. We want that. And they're like, what? So I want to talk about vaginal health. What's normal? What's not normal? What you should expect? What we don't like? And kind of go from there. So Your cervical mucus should have ups and downs, okay? But it's going to be specific to you, okay? So your peak fertile cervical mucus may not look the same as so-and-so's. Not that you guys are going to be comparing or anything because that would be kind of gross. Um, But, you know, you can go online and you can Google images of cervical mucus to kind of get an idea. So if it doesn't look exactly like that, I just don't want you to freak out. Okay. So typically after menses is over, you will have a dry period, whatever is considered dry for you. So for some people, they may have something that, you know, we call like vaginal slough or high. Here we go again with the words that I cannot speak. Um, But basically, what this is, is it's just your vagina is self-cleaning, right? So it's never going to be like smelling like butterflies and roses. So if you expect it to smell like butterflies and roses, honey, it's not going to. I hate to break it to you, okay? But it also shouldn't smell horrible. 
but it is self-cleaning so don't be using soaps or fancy wipes or any of that stuff is marketed as this is a special soap just to clean your vagina tell them no it's just marketing trying to get you to buy more stuff don't you fall for it it's self-cleaning so you may notice maybe a little bit of white um creamy and that would be what i'm talking about okay so you can have that post menstruation that can be you may find that in your underwear or when you're wiping um and then as you head towards ovulation you should start seeing peak cervical mucus now peak cervical mucus is stretchy and it very much resembles egg whites so like if you cracked an egg like a raw egg white that really resembles peak cervical mucus it's stretchy you can stretch it pretty much almost over an inch in your fingers and it should be lubricative and slippery so a really good way to get into the habit of checking your cervical mucus is just take a piece of clean toilet paper and before you pee wipe and you'll see if if you have cervical mucus you'll be able to actually pick it up off of the toilet paper i know i'm probably grossing out so many of you but you are learning so many valuable things so we're gonna keep going okay you also can see it in your underwear sometimes but a good habit of getting into checking is just to wipe pre-peeing so that you can keep track of it and you can mark it in your handy dandy Kindora app. So you'll have your peak cervical mucus, you will ovulate, and then your progesterone is going to dry up your cervical mucus, okay? So that is what a typical healthy cycle should look like, okay? Now, Let's go into the things that your cervical mucus can tell you, right? Okay, so let's go over um, some more, sorry, excuse me. Let's go over some more vaginal cell slaw. I don't know. I still don't know how to say it. Um, it can be crumbly or white. Um, it can be a little bit like whitey yellow sometimes. And it cannot be stretched okay, it has really no scent, like very little to no scent, you are not itchy, and it causes like a dry or smooth sensation when you're going to wipe. Now, the reason why I said that is because remember, cervical mucus, that's not just vaginal cell slaw, slaw, (laughs) cleaning itself, is um, more lubricative, okay? So, The cervical mucus typically sometimes has a progression as it heads into your peak cervical mucus. So it will start out creamy white, like hand lotion, and then it typically gets clearer and stretchier, and it's very lubricative, okay? And it has very little to no scent. Again, little to no scent, right? Okay, so that's normal. That's, we can expect that, right? So, what is not normal? What are things that our cervical fluid can tell us, okay? All right, so abnormal, that points to an infection, bacterial, or yeast overgrowth. That can be white, yellow, or green discharge, 
and it smells like yeasty or fishy. Ugh, gross. Um, and it can appear thick and gummy, kind of like cottage cheese or glue or yeah, something along those lines. And you can actually have it any day of your menstrual cycle, okay? Um, the other thing that's a sign besides it being gross and and smelly is that you a lot of times are also going to experience irritation and itchiness, okay? So good things to know. Now, the other type of abnormal cervical cells, okay, it actually points to cervical dysplasia. So you really want to keep an eye about. This is the non-lubricative watery discharge. So this would cause like a wet or a damp spot in your underwear or on the toilet paper when you wipe yourself, but it's not lubricative and you can't pick it up. It's not stretchy. Like it's literally like just soaks right into your underwear and it's present any day of the menstrual cycle. It does not dry up. It doesn't really have a scent. So like the best way to describe it is just constantly having like wet spots in your underwear um and it doesn't really have a scent and it's just all throughout your cycle now that's where I would highly recommend um going to a doctor getting a pap smear it's important okay cervical dysplasia is characterized by the rapid development of abnormal cervical cells and this is what causes that watery discharge and a lot of times it goes unnoticed unless you're charting your cycle. So how cool is it that you literally will be able to tell all of these things about your health just, just by tracking your cycle? So if you are noticing this, you absolutely want to go to your doctor and you want to get a pap smear done so that you know what's going on. Now, Research does show that cervical dysplasia is associated with a, deficient, a deficiency in folate in other B vitamins. So a lot of times surgery is what's recommended for this. You can reverse abnormal cervical cells without surgery. A lot of times because you, like I said, you have underlying deficiencies in folate, vitamin B12, vitamin A. So I wouldn't just recommend going and buying those supplements and trying to give yourself um, a Dr. Google makeover. Um, I would absolutely, you know, have your pap smear done and talk to your doctor. And then I, I would work with somebody, like work with somebody who can guide you on how to reverse this naturally and then also be working with your doctor at the same time. You can have multiple people on your health team. That's always something that's really smart is, you know, multiple minds are going to give you the best results, okay? So you can work with your doctor, you can work with a health coach, you can work with a naturopath, you can work with a holistic nutritionist, you can work with a hormone coach, like endocrinologist, you can have so many people on your health team on your side. So very important to consider, okay? So let's talk about some other things that your cervical mucus can tell you, right? So what if you are not creating any cervical mucus? You're never seeing that peak cervical mucus pre-ovulation. Well, that can also sometimes point to a deficiency 
sometimes in uh, vitamin A. Super easy hack for that, you guys, is liver. I know you all just cried a little bit and you think it's so disgusting. I'm so sorry. But liver is really, really high in vitamin A. You want to get grass-fed, grass-finished liver. So amazing for you, okay? If you're pregnant, don't be eating any liver. But if you are not pregnant and you're having issues with cervical mucus, eat some liver. Another great thing, you guys, is desiccated liver capsules. Um, Ancestral Formulas has a great brand. Vital Proteins has a great brand. And then you don't have to taste your liver, but you're still getting the amazing benefits of eating liver, okay? But I would also look into some other things as well. Are you really, really stressed? Is your body in flight or fl- fight or flight? Because, um, hello, cervical mucus helps sperm get to the egg. And if you're constantly in fight or flight and you're constantly stressed, your body is just going to be like, yeah, I can't get pregnant. I could not handle a pregnancy. So it starts shutting down things like ovulation, like cervical mucus, okay? So it's definitely a check-in to see where are my stress levels are at? How am I feeling? Am I dealing with nutrient deficiencies? Am I getting in a hormone happy meals? Am I having balanced blood sugar? Am I eating to support my hormones? It's definitely something that you want to check in with, okay? And then another sign that your cervical mucus can tell you is if it does not dry up after ovulation. That's telling you that you probably have low progesterone because progesterone is what dries up your cervical mucus. So again, you know, this is a topic for a whole nother podcast, but when you're dealing with low progesterone, one of the first things that you should look at is your stress levels because when you are super stressed and your body's pumping out cortisol, it prioritizes making cortisol over reproductive sex hormones, okay? Because your body's going, oh my goodness, I'm being chased by a bear. Even though you may not be being chased by a bear, maybe you're just working at your office and your job is super stressful or your kids are driving you crazy. Your body does not know the difference. It doesn't know the difference between famine and a diet. And it also does not know the difference between war and stress. (laughs) I was going to say something else, but I can't think of it right now. So your body thinks that you are running from a bear. So your body does not think that it is a wise time to get pregnant while it's running from a bear. Do you see my logic there? Okay, so the first thing that you should do if you are stressed is, I mean, if you have low progesterone is look at your stress levels. There's a lot of other things that you can do, but that's the first thing that I would do. Another sign that your cervical mucus can tell you is if it does dry up pre-ovulation, but then you start to get more um, peak-looking cervical mucus pre-period, that's also pointing to some more low progesterone. And it's important to know this because low progesterone can have a factor in miscarriages, so you definitely want to make sure that your progesterone is high enough. Um, It also causes more PMS symptoms. It can cause mood swings. It can cause anxiety. It can cause really bad period cramps. So taking care of your progesterone levels is really, really important. And these are all different signs that are pointing to your health, right? Okay, so... Isn't cervical mucus cool? Don't you feel like a cervical mucus expert now? I hope so. So things that I want you to remember, pap smears, you guys, 
are good to have, okay? What are they? Every two to three years, you should be getting a pap smear. These are not just for you if you are sexually active. Like I said, they also check for cervical dysplasia, abnormal cervical cells. They're healthy to do. You know, prep yourself mentally. Get ready for it. And they're not that bad, you guys. And I think thinking about them is a lot scarier than getting them. But just go in armed with your knowledge and be tracking your cycle and know that you have this really cool information in your back pocket, right? So definitely be getting your pap smears. And let's just talk about some basics of vaginal health. Like your underwear should be um, the, oh my gosh, the gusset. Is that what it's called, you guys? We want to be thinking um, cotton breathable. Don't be using any fancy soaps and wipes and smelling things. Your vagina is self-cleaning. We do not need that stuff. It's not necessary. It can cause irritation. It can cause infection. We don't like it. Your vagina is not going to smell like butterflies and roses, but it also shouldn't smell like smelly fish and like heavy metal, okay? If it's smelling like that, we're dealing with an infection, okay? definitely want to get to the bottom of that. Yes, yes you do. Um, But don't ever expect your vagina to smell like sunshine and roses. Like, I I don't know where that ever came from, okay? Um, So don't don't be using those fancy soaps because they are not healthy for your vaginal health. When we're talking about when you're on your period, things you can think about for your vaginal health is organic cotton, tampons are going to be really good for you. Um, you don't, your body absorbs what you put on its, on your skin. So if you think about it, you guys, do you really want to be putting sprayed pesticide tampons in your body onto your vagina? That's going to just absorb into your body? No, you don't. So pads, tampons, you want to be looking for organic cotton. Um, I know that a lot of my clients love period underwear and they also love the diva cup um, and other types of menstrual cups. We have this discussion in the group every couple months in the free group, Balancing Hormones Naturally, which are more than welcome to join. And we discuss like the different types of menstrual products that you can have and what are people's favorites and they give advice. And I just love that they can do that for each other. So Anyways, that is my two cents on vaginal health that you can start incorporating and start tracking your cervical mucus and start seeing how your health lines up with that. So I hope that, you know, this also encourages you to not be so afraid of using correct terminology and knowing what the word cervical mucus and vagina and vaginal health and cervical dysplasia and cervical cells, all of this is really important. You should be able to use the correct terminology. It shouldn't gross you out. So you can practice saying it with me. Are you ready? Vaginal health is important. Okay. All right, ladies. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.